You're listening to the Changing Lives Podcast, where we talk with health professionals, industry experts, and everyday heroes, changing lives on the front lines through emergency healthcare. I'm Ben Cleaver. And I'm Tim Buxton. In today's episode of the Changing Lives Podcast, we talk with married couple and emergency services power duo, Luke and Sibylla Ingwerson. Yeah, for 24 years now, Luke has served as a professional lifeguard for the city of Gold Coast. And for six years, Sibylla has been a firefighter. Now, Luke found his home on the sunny beaches of the Gold Coast after he lifeguarded in the USA, in the UK and in Japan. And the satisfaction that he gained from doing a job he absolutely loved really inspired Sibylla to pursue a career as a fiery with the Queensland Fire Emergency Service. Yeah, now they both share a love for their respective jobs as well as self-confessed obsession with all things fitness. Uh, And so they are avid water folk in the water a lot, swimming and sports in general. In fact, they are both record breakers, Tim, Mm -hmm. in the pool. And Sibylla, in particular, was part of the 2000 Australian Olympic swim team. Yeah, and I think... In this really fun and inspiring interview, um, we're going to get into the physical, uh, the mental, and as well as the often underrated soft skills required to be an emergency service responder. Yeah, their journey as individuals and also as a couple is such a unique perspective on the passion and dedication required uh, in the work of emergency care. Yeah, as we sat chatting with them, I don't know about you, but I could listen to them for hours on end. They've got quite an extensive career um, spanning, you know, almost a quarter of a century for for Luke um, and working in probably one of the busiest beaches uh, in Australia. Uh, Just it was just enthralling, really listening to, to them as they shared. One thing that really hit me was their both of their commitment to be the best that they can Mm. be, both physically, mentally, uh, so that they can be the difference in the moments that count uh, for the community. I know I, myself and for my family, feel safer on the beaches in the Gold Coast. It was just great to hear their passion. Yeah, totally. I mean, as they shared, you really understand that it's certainly a career, and for anybody that's looking for a career um, in emergency care services, um, it's really a a career which you rarely do get the chance to fully switch off and their passion and dedication and ultimately really their love for what they do in serving the community really comes through and I think you're going to find this really helpful and insightful. Yeah, let's get into the interview. So I started lifeguarding and now 24 years later I'm still doing it. Yeah. Wow, man, to have parents that would kind of push you to do what you're passionate about and what you love. I mean, uh, that must have been a gift. I'm so grateful that they opened my eyes to, to doing what, what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and that's how Sibylla ended up getting into the fire service. Okay. She was working in the bank and uh, she saw every day how much I loved getting out and going to work and, and doing my job. And she loved aspects of the bank, but then dealing with money and customers sometimes it would be a strain and we're like, what can, what can you do that you're going to love as much as I do and getting in the lifeguard service. Really 
Well, welcome to the podcast, the Changing Lives podcast. Luke and Sibylla, it's so good to have you on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. coming in, guys. It's really great to have you. Thank you. Yeah, we caught up just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was it was great. Uh, we were out at dinner, and uh, I think you know I've kind of known you for several years now, yeah. friends of uh, my sister and brother-in-law, and it was really um, really fun to kind of uh, hear um, a bit about. Um, what you've been up to recently and it, we kind of were in the process of kind of launching this podcast and we realised that you guys would be a super couple, a, a great candidates. Each of you on your own could come in and share about what you do. Um, but we thought, why not get you both in and, and chat all together and, and um, yeah, we're really, really glad you were able to make the time coming today. So thanks so much. Yep, so we want to get right into uh, the juice of your, uh, your career journey and your experiences as a fiery. Can I say fiery? Is of that course, cool? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and, uh, and as a, a lifesaver, um, lifeguard, we'll get into the differences <laughs> of what they are, uh, which I'm really uh, interested to hear about. Sure. Um, I do want to start with something, though, a bit more important. Yeah. Um, you won an award, Luke. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, last year, I don't know. Surely We've this is from... the first award that would come to your mind. <laughs> last year. Yeah. We've got it from a reliable source <laughs> that you were the <laughs> Shooter's Nightclub Bachelor of the Year. Yeah. We have him here, guys. <laughs> right here in person. Was was this how uh, you guys? No. This was the last year. No, this is all this is all new to me. I didn't know about no. Uh, <laughs> it's up on the fridge, right? Yeah, yeah. we've got several boxes sash, of calendars and things sash. like that. That was about twenty years ago. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mr. You, you know where that came from, didn't you? <laughs> uh, so, you, but you guys, you guys are uh, that. That obviously wasn't how you met. Uh, you'd been. <laughs> <laughs> no. She would have run a mile if, if she if she was um, around back then. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you guys, you guys met um, poolside. Poolside, right? Playing water polo, swimming, hanging out. We had similar similar interests and started spending time together. Yeah, I was yeah. very very lucky. Yeah, really similar interests. We'll get into a bit of that. Um, fitness junkies. Yeah. Uh, compensating for. Um, Junk of another kind. Yeah. yeah. That you know, from all your mouth. So that was, all that was about food, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we bought out we bought out a, a plate of, of grapes, but we from what we touched. know, it didn't get touched. If once the chocolate came out, once the uh, there are you know. Yep. It's uh, nice. But I'll put them in a bag and squeeze them. Later they might ferment and we'll uh, sip on them tonight with some wine. Yeah. Well look, um, We've obviously, um, you know, just enjoyed getting to know more about your your careers, your journey um, as first, both as first responders. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke, I remember just um, as we were, we were talking, you kind of went down the more traditional path, leaving school, going to uni, um, but then there was kind of like a turning point for you. Can you kind of share a bit of the backstory there yeah. on, on what that was? My mum's a nurse and my dad's a lawyer and both my sisters had scholarships to bond to do law and uh, I just thought that's something I should do, go to uni, I thought that's what people did. So I was doing health science at uni and I really didn't like it. I didn't enjoy school, I didn't like studying and learning and doing computer stuff. And in my second year, my parents said, what are you doing this for? You really don't seem to like it. And I really wasn't that good at it. 
So uh, you seem to really love the lifeguarding. And I was doing that in the holidays, of, of the university holidays. And um, I thought I was doing it for them. I thought that's what I should do. Mm. I said, do what you love. Try wow. that for a while. And uh, it, it makes such sense because you spend so much time working. It's you know the best hours of your day, the, mm. the middle of the day normally, and, and the best years of your life. It's so much of your time. You might as well do something that you don't hate. So I started lifeguarding, and now 24 years later, I'm still doing it. Yeah. Wow, man. Who, to have parents that would kind of push you to do what you're passionate about and what you love, I mean, uh, that must have been a I'm gift. I'm so grateful that they opened my eyes to, to doing what, what I wanted to do. Yeah. So, um, and that's how Sibylla ended up getting into the fire service. Okay. She was working in the bank, and uh, she saw every day how much I loved getting out and going to work and, and doing my job. And she loved aspects of the bank, but then dealing with money and customers sometimes it would be a strain. And we're like, well, what can, what can you do that you're going to love as much as I do? And getting into the lifeguard service is pretty difficult. A lot of people want that job, as with the fire service, but it was more realistic to get a, a firefighting job. So she applied and two years later mm-hmm. she got on and now six years later she's still working as a firefighter. Wow. Well, tell us more about that. I was yeah. going to say, tell us more about what that was like. Yeah, it was sort of, um, I suppose, I didn't. It wasn't, like, a lot of people dream about being a firefighter when they're a kid and then they, they it comes to fruition later in life. But for me, I didn't even know it was an option. T- to be honest, because I was female, I didn't really think that really? there were female firefighters out there. And anyway, and I looked at, um, and I... It, like Luke said, it had a banking background and a finance background, and, and I did love it, and probably the best part about it was helping people. So I looked at the different emergency services, and and they all had interesting aspects, but to, to me, the one was, was firefighting really sort of appeased my sort of what I wanted to get out of my working career to have that sort of best life scenario with the balance of working as well as family life and what have you. And a lot of Luke's friends have asked him to come over to the fire service um, because a lot of lifeguards do become firefighters and vice versa. Right. Okay. They interact. And um, so it was, I sort of, we were sitting around at Nobby Surf Club one day having a couple of drinks and and I, they were sort of hassling him again going, you know, come to the fire service, come to the fire service. And he loves his job as a lifeguard. So he was like, well, there's no need for, for me to do that. And then I sort of put my hand up. I said, oh, what if I gave it a go? And um, they were really supportive. So wow. they sort of said, yeah, no, you'd be great. Give it a go. And um, they really sort of helped me about what the role was and, and what have you. And, and and like Luke said, a lot of the inspiration came from him, from him loving his job so much and loving that helping people and what have you. And so, um, yeah, we have got into it and it's it's hard to get into, but I was really thankful that I got the gig. So, yeah. Fantastic. And that was when you guys were together, obviously, and you were witnessing his fulfilment. Exactly. What he did, yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah, I'd come home and Sibylla would say, how's your day? Oh, it was unreal. The weather was perfect. I got to see dolphins and whales. I had a swim <laughs> in my lunch break. Chatted to all these people who loved being at the beach and it was a real positive environment and it was a great day. How was your day? Mm. Oh, this person. You spend so much time there. It's it's just a bonus if you're getting paid to do something that you love. Yeah. 
can't always happen, but if you can get the both, it's like, yeah, that's but a dream. Like that that saying, um, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> well, yeah. that's kind of it. Thing. And I call I call Luke the mayor of Breaker Street because he's he's always I say he's always shaking hands and kissing babies because he knows everyone in the community there. He's got people that will ring him on a daily basis, going, "What's the weather like? Is it worth coming down from Brisbane for it?" Um, and I've got there's actually people in his like that live in his street that will not go down to the beach unless Luke's there. And Luke will, you know, he'll stand on the water's edge with them, he'll help them out with, he'll have a rescue tube just ready to go. And these are usually sort of older people in the community um, that are just really loyal to him because he's sort of loyal to them. And and that's why when he's been given the opportunity to go elsewhere, he can't help it, but he he stays there. Mm. I fly an Australian flag at my beach every day on a pole. So people down the street can tell, oh, Luke's there, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We know we can leave our keys with him while we go for a walk or put our surfboard in his in his tower while we go for a coffee or something. And it's like, I've been in the one place for 14 years and it's just the familiarity is what people love. Uh, we went to a coffee shop on the way here and, and the girl remembered, hey, I have two sugars in my long back. And it's kind of touching that someone remembers an aspect of you and it makes you want to come back. And it doesn't take much to do that, but... You go, oh, cool, mm. that person remembered me, they appreciate me. And I'm not taking money for people to come for a swim, but if I can give them a good service, <laughs> they want to come back and, and enjoy it. Yeah. Mm. Back to what you said, Sabella, you've both chosen careers that feature in family selfies mm. uh, <laughs> on a regular basis. Is that a particular consideration? <laughs> All the time. It's We're both the front line, you know, as a lifeguard with the front line of the city of Gold Coast tourism, people come to the beach, they want a photo. The, the fireys drive to s- schools and do community education and, and taking photos is a part of our, our job. So we're not, we're not scared of it, we just embrace it and we enjoy it. And it's, it's touching that we're just wearing our normal uniform that we wear and to us this is just every day, but to someone from Melbourne or Sydney or China or somewhere overseas, oh my gosh, that, an Australian firefighter or a Gold Coast lifeguard, it's its something different that they don't see every day. So something that you take for granted to someone else might be like, oh, cool. Yeah, immense immense level of, of pride when you, you get ready for work. I think so. When you... It is. You, you, you puff your chest out a little bit more when you wear that uniform mm. um, because you, you do have this overwhelming sense of... Um, community and serving the community and mm. and um, you want to do a good job so you sort of make sure like we, we were talking earlier about training and yeah. things like that you're always prepared for that role because it's it is important so mm. yeah yeah I was gonna say we're talking about preparation for the role I mean you know both first responders both um, frontline but I'm sure there's a different paths and journeys to actually get to where you get. It'd be good to kind of hear the bit of the differences and how you you got into, again, maybe alluding to the difference between a, a lifeguard, a professional lifeguard, um, and a, a lifesaver. And, and maybe too, Sibylla, you could also shed light on, on you know, what it took, the, the, the steps you had to take to get into the fire service. Uh, so into the fire service, there's a series of tests that you have to do. So there's, um, it's it's changing every re- every year the recruitment basis of trying to get that perfect firefighter. But there's always a physical aspect, a fitness aspect, um, numerical reasoning, mechanical reasoning, um, verbal reasoning. Um, it, because it is a job where it's not 
it's not consistent. You know, every job you turn up to is different. You're never going to have the same job again, you mm. know. So you've got to have that problem-solving skills and, and what have you to, to approach every scenario and have not only the training to do that but the skill set to do that. So being physically fit, being, um, I suppose, empathetic, um, you know, all yeah. those sort of uh, facets that you have to have as someone who's employed to handle any emergency situation. So... Um, right. It's yeah, it's a different psyche, I suppose, and they've and they've got to do that recruitment process. So it's 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 quite involved, and I suppose that's why a lot of people, you know, it is quite hard to get into, um, but it's worth it once you're in. So yeah. Right. Was there any particular parts of the process that were more challenging for you than um, than others, or? I suppose it was the um, coming from a sporting background, and um, you know, being tall and quite a strong girl I sort of um probably went in there probably a little bit overconfident I sort of was thinking oh you know I've got this and whatever else but it is it's another level because at the end of the day you know you do have to be um prepared and so I suppose for me that was something where I just realized okay you've got to find another level of strength to be able to to do this job um but uh the other facets are sort of for me, you can study for them, but it's kind of like the characteristics test and the psych test, it's kind of just you either are or you aren't. Mm. Um, and they just have that ability to to basically find out who's going to be good for the role and who isn't, and, right. and you can't really study for it. It's kind of just you're either it or you're not. Um, but in saying that, um, I think that sense of empathy, I think that sense of um, wanting to help people always comes through. In, in your testing in some way, shape, or form. So, yeah. Mm. I definitely think you're a better fit in a fiery suit than behind the bank. Tower, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> it's interesting. A lot of like a lot of people when I say yes, have a finance background, they're like, that just doesn't make sense for you. Like, why are you doing it? And like Luke said, I did actually really enjoy it, but it just I just thought there had to be something better, and and like I said, to create that best life. And you know, I think this is it. But also, you say, people say, what are you doing? You're like, I'm a firefighter. They're like. Oh, you're a tall, blonde, beautiful lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like to get dirty. Okay, you're right. <laughs> That's awesome. Good job. Yeah. Um, for me, to answer that question, I, I was born in Canberra. I was there till I was 12. Uh, my mum was a swim teacher and I did um, I did a lot of swimming. Then when we moved to the Gold Coast, uh, the whole family moved up when I was 12. I knew nothing about the ocean or surfing or lifeguarding or anything hmm. so I joined the nippers and I taught myself how to surf and I uh, stayed with nippers until I was uh, for, for two years till I was 14 then I joined the senior club and I started doing volunteer patrols with the surf club then when I turned 18 I did the lifeguard test with the, the council lifeguard service and started lifeguarding there um, you have to have a fair few awards of bronze medallion Mm -hmm. advanced first aid defibrillator then jet ski work helps but from my beginnings of being a canberra boy never going to the ocean i'd become an expert in the water in the ocean big Mm -hmm. surf small surf rip currents there's a million things that happen like sibylla said never the same day is the same never the same jobs the same Mm um and a lot of people are asking us for information weather information surf and, and swells and you know, if it's a northerly, a northerly northeasterly wind, you're probably going to get blue bottles this time of year between uh, 
May and October, we're going to get whales. Um, you know, late afternoon, there's a chance that we're going to have a dumpy shore break if it's a high tide. There's just all things that you've got to know. And so I've enjoyed learning all these things about, about the beach and the ocean. And the more you learn, the better you are at your job. Mm. So it's, it's been, it was a steep learning curve to start with, but um, I'm now confident. I'll still learn a lot more, but I'm confident with my job that I know most of the things that I'm going to face. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember as we were chatting um, earlier, um, you you kind of alluded to the fact that I mean, in your in your day to day work, I'll, I'll, no day is the same, but a lot of your work is done before the emergency or the rescue or the 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 um, crisis actually happens. I mean, yeah. you've honed your your ability to understand survey like you're saying that the ocean and all circumstances and I think that's a key characteristic of you've got to probably have that right to be able to do oh, your role definitely. I was gonna say Luke's very good at profiling even you know like he he knows that person he sees he watches everyone that's coming down to his beach and there's a good idea of okay well that fellow looks fairly fit looks fairly tanned um he probably might be all right then another tourist who doesn't look like they've looked a little bit overwhelmed with when they walked down the beach and saw how big the surf was and things like that so he's a lot of his job is picking long before it happens Mm. what's necessarily how it's going to play out Mm. Uh, it doesn't always play out that way obviously but he's very very good at that as similar as our jobs both are is helping people and responding Sibylla's waiting for an incident to happen and and they're responding, maybe not the first person on the scene, mm. but I'm I'm on the scene, so I'm the one spotting for it. So people say, oh, you just wait for a hand to go up and then you <laughs> go and rescue them. <laughs> By then, you've probably only got 10 seconds until uh, wow. lights out. So as Sibylla said, someone turns up and they're wearing shoes down the beach or they're as white as anything and covered in sun cream and they don't come to the beach very often or yeah they are over overweight or overwhelmed or uh, so you need to spot that so that if a rip forms and they get in it you've got to already be on your way out to save them not waiting for the hand to go up and then responding because still you've got to get your rescue board you've got to call for backup you've got to make your way out to them so sometimes you're rescuing people before they even realize they're in trouble and that's identifying the environment and the people that you're dealing with. Mm. It's pretty interesting. So I'm not a very observant person at the best of times, and my wife will testify <laughs> to that. Uh, how about you? Was that something that you learned? Is that a skill that you learned, or were you kind of an observant person from the start? I think it's hard to tell. I wasn't aware of what I did beforehand, but I definitely am now. And unfortunately, we'll be sitting at a coffee shop or something, and we'll be talking. Mm. And I'll just be surveying everything like I'm on patrol. I'm yeah. watching for this and that. And I think out of the two of us, I'm more observant. Absolutely. Like, oh, <laughs> Absolutely. Pete just drove past or hey, someone just ordered another coffee or something because I can't switch it off. And yeah. when we go to the beach when mm. I'm not at work, sometimes it's hard to switch off because you're still profiling, watching people and, and mm. seeing what happens. And I still get a kick out of guessing when when a family comes down or someone comes down I'm like 
I bet you that person sets up and, and sits exactly where they sat yesterday. Because I remember them from yesterday. And they walk around the beach and they sit in that same <laughs> spot. And you're like, oh, I, I knew that would happen. Or Creatures of habit. Yeah. Or that person's got a really terrible old surfboard. I bet their leg wrap's going to snap and they're going to have to swim in on the yeah. first wave and they get dumped. Mm. And chances are it's going to happen. And you're yep. like, I, I kind of knew that would happen. Yeah. So it, it gives you a real, real leg up. When you spot something before it happens, you can already get a jump on it. I mean, goodness, it just makes me honestly um, f- feel a sense of like uh, even greater safety when I go to the beach knowing that um, there's people like yourselves that um, are, are, aren't, you know, you alluded it to. There's, there's obviously those that are lifesavers that volunteer their time, maybe do it on a, on a weekend basis, but what they might put in in a in I think you mentioned earlier what they might put in like a, um, a year is probably what you've you've put in, in in one or two weeks in terms of time on there so the importance of having yeah and you don't realize until you're talking about it like in this situation the yeah. life skills that you get week after week month year and you just know so much about what's happening at the beach and all those skills are helping you to do a better job and it's um it really is important. It's like that time served. You know, there's a whole reason why nearly in every job you, you, you that experience comes through. Mm. And that's why people who have been in that job longer are well-respected more because they've put in the time. You know, like they say, you know, was it 10,000 hours of anything and you're a master? And, I mean, he's 25 years, 26 years? 24. 24 years of service. That's all year round, in all yep. weathers, in all conditions, mm. where he's been there and been able to interpret every scenario and how it's happening and things like that so it's it's um yeah i'm really proud of him for for doing it Mm. so yeah there's not that mental just that mental game though is it it's it's the physical Mm. as well definitely and you guys are uh you're aficionados (laughs) uh, the physical stuff uh we've been learning um that's a big part of your role and your both of your roles Mm. So tell us a bit about your, your, how you prepare physically and your uh, maybe obsession with... Um, you. <laughs> well, I think, again, you've got Physical to fitness. love it and you've got to be motivated. Mm. At mm. five o'clock in the morning in winter, it, no one really wants to roll out of bed and go to the pool and swim four kilometres. Like, let's be honest, you prefer to stay in bed. But you need to be doing that now for your fitness tests in a month's time for the fitness you need in the summer holidays for the strength that Sibylla needs. You know, she's got a sore shoulder at the moment. She's still in the gym staying strong. You could easily go, oh, I don't really feel like it today, mm. but they're the things that you don't have an option. You have to do it. It has to be your life. And if it's not a part of your life, maybe it's it's the wrong career because our bodies are as much a tool at work as, as all our other um, equipment. So for me, I need to be able to swim and run and paddle and have good eyesight and spot things. Sibylla needs her strength and her knowledge to, uh, uh, as well as a lot of other things, to, to do the job efficiently. So mm. it's lucky that we chose careers that, that we love. We already love doing exercise, but it's important that we do it. So you know, we do it because we love it, but it justifies what we need to do in our job and yeah, we'll have a swim and a paddle on our days off and, and it's because we both love it, it's it's good time together. 
Um, yeah, it's exactly what he said. Like in in the fire service, you need to be it needs to be quite diverse from the because of the all the different jobs that we do face. So one of my strengths is because I'm tall, and one of my strengths might be because um, yeah, I'm quite fit and you know run all day and all that sort of stuff. But then also too, you know, I've got uh, a girl in my crew at the moment who's a little tiny little pocket, but I need her to go inside a car or something mm. like that in, in a confined space mm. so that she's um, that's her strength, you know, same as someone who's so it's um. It's for us, we work to our strengths from the point of view of, you know, a, a fun day for us is going swimming and and running and going to the gym and, and we really enjoy that. Um, but, um, you know, it's sort of also too, our training is, is that, you know, we, we constantly are always looking at first aid. Obviously, that's a very strong part of our role. Um, we're always making brushing up on those skills, always rehashing it, always making sure that, yep, okay, we know exactly what's required um, to use the tools that we have, um, such as, you know, your first aid kit and whatever else, but also our personal skills of being physically fit to be able to do it. These guys did a triathlon on the <laughs> yeah. right. For yeah, fun. Apparently. Uh, for fun. Spontaneous. Why not? The other day, right? Yeah. So that was a fun day for us, is, um, is exercising. But we also, we do do it for our jobs, but we do it too because we like bad food. So, um, ah, yes. Just for eating badly. <laughs> yeah. So what happened on that day? <laughs> we, we live at Miami. We, we rode down to Burley. And then left our bikes there and then swam back to Miami and it's three point two kilometer swim. So three point two K ride. In the surf. In the surf. In the right? swim. Yeah, three point two K. We stopped at each tower, so it was probably only six hundred meters each time, but we're actually in the water for about only. four or five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was slow that time. <laughs> yeah, we swam together. And then we uh, put our shoes on and then ran back to Burley and got our bikes and rode back. So it was it's a couple of hours total. But, um, Managed to squeeze socially. lunch in the, yeah. in, squeeze in lunch the process in there, too, right? Time, yeah. Some <laughs> healthy <laughs> burritos. Burritos and, and yeah, chips. <laughs> if you counted the calories uh, yeah, that we took in. We're hoping then, it's a deficit, but we're not really sure. <laughs> maybe it was neutral. Yeah. Now, you said you swam slow, but that's because, well, you've kind yeah, of... a bit sore at the moment, yeah. A bit sore, but you've kind of had some achievements. Like, did it was it Pan, Pan Pack Games? And... Yes. So, a couple of years ago, we did the Pan Pacific Masters Championships, and we were part of a relay side that actually um, broke a record. So, we're wow. very, very proud of that. Mixed wow. relay, two guys and two girls, and so it was cool that we got to swim together. Yep. Um, But, yeah, I've I've got a swimming background, um, and it's always this little tussle between the two of us of who's swimming faster at the time. (laughs) Um, So he's definitely swimming faster than me at the moment, but um, I'll hopefully crawl back and get him back. (laughs) Technically, she's a much better swimmer. She's got a much more efficient stroke, and in a pool, she's streets ahead of me. But in the surf, I'm a little bulldog. I'm a muscly, gritty, <laughs> water polo, aggressive swimmer, and I can normally yeah. just muscle my way through. So efficient-wise, Sibylla's way better. But I'm sure she doesn't want to hurt your ego too, maybe. You've, you've got quite a good reputation, <laughs> she's, right? She's a great wife. Right? She's a great wife. <laughs> but in a challenge... Uh, you rise to the challenge. He's a little bulldog. Every six months, right? <laughs> yeah. You've got a... So, yeah, in my job, we have a fitness test every six months. Yeah. Uh, it's an 800-metre swim, then a 1.6-kilometre run, an 800-metre paddle, and you have 26 minutes to do that. So uh, 
it's not an option. We just have to pass that to show you a fit every six months. Mm. Um, good thing is when you turn 50, you get an extra minute that you can ah. do it. And then when you turn 60, you get an extra minute there. So in a few years, I'll, I'll have an extra minute. But at the moment, um, because I'm training a lot, uh, still doing it uh, pretty well. Yeah. But it's just a requirement of the job. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, it's like um, why the motivation to obviously be at your best, right? Mm. It's not just to to pass and... and You just don't want to let anyone down. Wow. It's really important to us to not let anyone down. We've been... We've Mm. signed up for this role to serve the community and we want to make sure that we're, you know, in our best way to be able to do our job. So, you know, it's sleeping, mate, it's sleeping, it's it's exercising, it's good health. Like, I mean, yeah, we love bad food, but it's not all the time. Um, turning up to your job at 100%. Prepared. Mm. You're prepared in every facet to be, make sure that when you go to any incident or any scenario, we're well equipped to make sure that we do our the best for that person. Or animals, depending on what it is. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> we're realistic that not every outcome will be... Um, a great outcome with mm. both, of our, both of our jobs there's there's realization that bad we'll have bad days and bad things will happen to, to, to patients but if you can go in and do everything that you, you meant to do use the training that you've had um, and know that yeah you put in 100% you did everything you could you can at least be at peace that you gave a person a, the best chance of, of, of safety or, or recovery as, as you can that's a great payoff all around, really, if you're in a great bill of health and you're fit. Um, it's a good lifestyle. Exactly. Um, you're probably less likely to be unwell, mm. um, but it's, you know, you're, you're actually, uh, everyone's benefiting. Public's benefiting oh, yeah. uh, from that. So, And I, I admire um, mm. that you've identified that, because I'm guessing that there would be people in your role and in, in a similar situation that probably don't have that drive mm. so much. Mm. Um, so I acknowledge you guys and mm. yeah, thank you on behalf of, you know, the community, I guess, is that sense of personal responsibility to, hey, this is the best I can do uh, and I'm going to make sure I'm at that level yeah, as much as I can. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And anyone thinking about what we do, if, if you like helping people, mm. you like a fit and healthy lifestyle... Um, maybe these or, or similar jobs are, are the kind of things that, that you should be looking for. Mm. Um, it's not for every everyone. And, uh, you know, both of our jobs, it's uh, <laughs> something bad's happening that way. Well, that's the way we've got to run. Normally, people's reaction is to stand back or freeze or just get away from a problem. But both of us have got to head towards it. So uh, it's the training that, that kicks in when, when you're in an emergency situation. But if, if you think that you enjoy that excitement and, and helping people, then, then these are the kind of jobs that, that are kind of exciting to do. Mm. Yeah. We joke that uh, we're a good couple to go on holiday with because uh, <laughs> if something was to happen... Uh, yeah. We should be able to handle most of that. We're on a boat, you know, yeah, absolutely. we could swim out of trouble or a fire or something. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to another episode of Changing Lives, brought to you by Australian Paramedical College. If you're enjoying our podcast, please consider rating it, leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. 
And don't forget to subscribe to stay tuned for all future episodes. Did you know we're also on YouTube? Search for Changing Lives Podcast and you can watch our episodes in HD video, see the studio and put a face to a name. Speaking of studios, this podcast was filmed, recorded and produced by Make Media Studios. Special thanks to our audio-visual engineer and editor, Jose Biotto. And as always, it has been great to be with you. Until next time, don't stop changing lives.